He's down, Jim. Uh-oh. Oh, Jim. Uh-oh, uh-oh. He is absolutely dizzy. Oh, my gosh, Joe. Yeah. See his eyes. Chad Henning is his backup. Well, he's going to be coming in. I mean, you can tell he was out of it for a little bit. I'm watching him walk on the sideline now. He's, he's getting, it looks like, some of the senses back. The biggest star in the NFL went down. What happened? Yeah, young Patrick Mahomes got his bell wrong. It was funny, too. It didn't look like that big a hit, but uh, he he got concussed, and he tried to get up, and, man, he had the uh, heavyweight fighter that they should have stopped the, the fight two rounds ago look in his eyes, and his legs were all jelly, and he could barely stand, and they whisked him off to the, the blue tent, and then he jogged quite uh, spryly to the locker room, and I thought, oh, okay, I wonder what's going on, but... Turns out he was concussed. But with the new and he rules, never came back. with the new rules, you can't come back, can you? Not if they're sure you got a concussion. Yeah, so that's why I've heard players talk about. You know, you feel that feeling if you can pull it off. You say it's my shoulder. My shoulder hurts. Yeah, because you know you don't get to come back in, and you might not get to play the next weekend, depending on the concussion There's protocol. There's reports of NFL players who intentionally. So the, for a concussion protocol, they give you a a baseline test that they then later compare you to mm. uh, to to see if you've been concussed. Reports of players tank uh, intentionally kind of tanking their initial baseline test to make an easier threshold for them to get back into games. Ah, so they go with the old, Durr, I don't know which one's a dog and which one's a cat. <laughs> you know, when they show them the little picture or whatever. One, two, five. <laughs> and the other NFL news is Tom Brady and the Buccaneers won. He's, he's in an NFC championship game. Is this 12 championship games for him? That's insane. A couple of great games, though, yesterday. I love this time of year, playoff time. So you got your Packers with, uh, with what's his name, Aaron Rodgers. You got Tom Brady wearing the still weird-looking gear of the Buccaneers. So Buc- Buccaneers versus Packers for the NFC slot. Yes. Yeah, buddy. And then it's uh, Chiefs, uh, what do you call Browns, it? Browns, I believe. Chiefs, uh, no, the Chiefs beat the Browns. Oh, that's right. Uh, Chiefs-Bills, sorry. Chiefs-Bills, of course. The yeah. upstart Buffalo Bills, the exciting young Buffalo Bills. Oh, you know, it's uh, kind of interesting. A rematch of 1992 this is the AFC Championship. What? How do you know that? Because I was a Joe Montana fan when he went to the uh, oh. Kansas City Chiefs, and they lost to that juggernaut that was the Bills back then. Ah. So uh, the Bills kind of sort of accidentally knocked out um, the the quarterback of the uh, the Ravens. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, league MVP. Uh, or uh, was he a team MVP? I think he was league MVP at one point. But anyway, exciting young player, uh, quarterback. And, uh, and, and the Bills knocked him out of the game. Another concussion thing. And Bills fans reacted by spontaneously donating heavily to Lamar Jackson's favorite charity, the one that he works with and runs. That's not Amer- that's not the America I know. Well, that's that shows you the difference between New York City and New York Upstate. Right. No, they got the uh, the word that this guy it's uh, blessings and backpacks for school kids, uh, you know, underprivileged kids. Fantastic. He's been volunteering stuff like that, and, and the Buffalo fans felt bad about him getting hurt, so uh, just showered that uh, cause with money. How crazy is that? That's a beautiful in, thing in such a good way. That's not the social media I know. <laughs> I may be forced to uh, to root for the Bills. Mm. So who called who a Nazi in this scenario? Yeah, <laughs> surely somebody's a Nazi. So there's no way Trump's going to get convicted in this whole impeachment thing now. No freaking way. We 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 were betting against it last week, but now there's absolutely no way as it's been revealed what the Republican strategy is going to be. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Senate GOP set to argue out of office Trump can't be convicted in impeachment. Not argue that no, he didn't incite a riot. And then they're going to stay away from that. They don't have 
to put their name as a yes or a no on that, mm-hmm. they're going to be voting yes or no on whether or not you should be able to impeach somebody once they're out of office. Let me read from the Wall Street Journal. Many Republicans are gravitating toward a technical argument. The Senate lacks jurisdiction to try him after he leaves office, they maintain, because he will be a private citizen. That could allow the Republicans to thread a political needle voting against Trump's conviction without having to defend his conduct, people familiar with the discussion say. Mm, Technical, uh, whatever you called it, threading a needle, that's that's a little overdramatic to me. It seems like a very sound argument. You can't impeach a private citizen. Senator Tom Cotton, who had turned on Trump a little a week ago, said, The founders designed the impeachment process as a way to remove office holders from public office, not an inquest against private citizens. Other Republicans are coming to agree. Impeaching a president after leaving office, I think, is unconstitutional. It's never been done before for a reason. It sets up a never-ending retribution, said Lindsey Graham. Um, he added that it was a big mistake for Mr. Trump to whip up his followers. That argument is countered, however, by Democrats who say Mr. Trump shouldn't be able to avoid political sanctions simply because he's out of office. However, by Democrats who um, say Trump shouldn't be able to evade the political sanction, they cite several historical examples where impeached uh, officials, including judges, have faced Senate trials after leaving office. So we have done it, never with a president, Mm -hmm. but we've done it with other people. Yeah, I just, I don't know about those cases. How often and what was the justification? Well, you're going to hear, I guarantee you're going to hear all about it from lawyers when they, when they get to this. I mean, if the guy could run for judge again in two years and you know how it is getting elected a local judge. It's if you have more yard signs than the other guy and 12 of your friends show up and the other guy has 11 of his friends show up. I mean, those elections are ridiculous. The framers wanted to make sure that someone who became tyrannical or corrupt not only could be removed from office, but also politically neutered, barred from returning to power, said law professor Frank Bowman of the University of Missouri, an authority on impeachment. Um, A report from the Congressional Research Service, the public policy research arm of Congress, concludes that while the matter is open to debate, the weight of scholarly authority agrees that formal officials can be impeached and tried. So according to this supposedly nonpartisan, and they might be, I don't have any idea, research arm of Congress, most scholars on the subject think you can impeach and remove or punish somebody that's out of office. We've never done it with a president before. Yeah, I don't know. The principal precedent, do you want to get this far in the weeds or not? Do you want to talk about Belknap? Do you want to lay this out? People are going to hear about it. Yeah, okay. Do you want to hear it in a short well form? Yeah, why don't a, a quick word from our friends at Car Shield? Then Jack will explain the the incredibly exciting, the intriguing, the confusing Belknap case well, of only, 1875. The only reason I want to tell you is this is going to be the argument used, so you might as well know. Well, thanks to the folks at Car Shield, you don't have to freak out and worry if you think your car might need a repair. CarShield protects you from expensive car repairs, can save you thousands for a covered repair. Whether your car is 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles, CarShield has a protection plan for everyone. Payments are flexible. Plans are customizable to your exact needs. It's easy to sign up for. It's easy to get out of. CarShield has helped over 1 million drivers, and that's why they're America's number one auto protection company. And they're not going to tell you who to take your car to. Take it to your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work, and CarShield gets the rest taken care of. Uh, just call 1-800-665-2157. Mention the code Armstrong. 
uh, to save 10%. That's 1-800-665-2157. Or easier still, go to carshield.com, use the code Armstrong to save that 10%. That's carshield.com, code Armstrong. A deductible may apply. Carshield.com, code Armstrong. I realize this is in the weeds, but the president is going to be has been impeached, and they're going to try to remove him and punish him once he's out of office. Can that be done? Well, here's the best precedent we've got in the history of the United States, and it goes back to 1876. 145 years ago. The impeachment and trial of Secretary of War William Belknap, who resigned after the House obtained evidence that he'd taken kickbacks... Uh, to run a frontier trading post. That was a good way to take kickbacks in the old days. Hmm. The House impeached him. The Senate tried him after he was out of office, rejecting Belknap's argument that as a private citizen, he was immune from the process, which is what Trump's lawyers are going to be saying. Um, but they did impeach him, and they the, the Senate did try him, although he was ultimately acquitted. Hmm. So they obviously did not bar him from holding future office. Correct. I would. I'd, I'd be curious how many of the acquittal votes were based on Belknap's argument. I was surprised that the article didn't include that because that seems to be quite germane to the conversation. Yeah, to the extent of one precedent 145 years ago is germane at all for the Secretary of War as opposed to right. a president. Yes. Since the Secretary of War is appointed and not elected. I can understand. It's, it's, a near, it's as near useless as you can well, get. Well, is it fair to say you're not crazy to hold either position? You yeah. can make an oh, yeah. argument for yeah. either position. I would agree. Sure. I mean, I think you can make a pretty good obvious argument for, what are you doing? The point is to boot people out of office. <laughs> He's out of office. What, yeah. is, what are you doing? The point is to make me feel good about somebody I don't like. Exactly. <laughs> to score points against an enemy. Well, it is a political process, so scoring points against an enemy is, you know, why it could go forward. Sure. The other side of the argument would be, so after an election you lose, you can do anything you want then? Politically? As and long as you no wait till like the last two weeks. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I like to sometimes test my ideas by advocating the opposite, because I'm better than you. Um, but uh, I could make the case, all right, guys, uh, third to last day in office, it turns out he was actively furnishing intelligence to China. Okay, good example. I mean, in that case, I would say... I don't care about Belknap or Vanderhoek or any other old-timey politician <laughs> and what happened. Probably I, got those long sideburns. Exactly. <laughs> I, I want the evidence to be aired. I want the people to hear it. I want them to be convicted and barred from ever holding any office but ever God, again. It is a political process, though. I mean, if you got caught red-handed, pardon the expression, giving secrets to the Chinese, you're not going to hold elected office anyway. Right. That's a good point. It'll take care of itself. And I tell you what, from Joe Biden's perspective, I think this is a terrible idea. Oh, yeah. I think that's clear. It's going to waste time and energy. It's going to further divide the American people. It's going to make it less, much less possible for him to unite anybody or cool passions or get bipartisan cooperation on various big legislative goals or what have you. I just I don't see how anybody wins except people who just despise Trump and want him kicked. Well, plus, there are not going to be 17 Republicans that ignore the argument we're just laying out and vote yes. No. There just aren't going to be. So you're not going to accomplish anything. Right. Other than eating up a lot of time and energy. What about the belt nap? Oh, we covered that. (laughs) Yeah. I needed a belt nap after all that ice cream I ate. Oh, boy. 
So you got uh, unintentional hilarity on CNN over the weekend. Oh, an alert listener passed that along to us. Uh, oh, and a uh, another uh, immigrant caravan forming up. You remember those? Good times. Well, apparently with the Biden administration coming in and the word getting around Central America that, oh, they're, they're completely soft on immigration, uh, several thousand migrants are, are ready to roll. So we'll tell you about that and what's happening. Um, and more on Belknap. No, probably no, not. No, probably no, no, more I won't on Take him a nap. No, no more on Belknap. Belknap. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Got a lot of attention that they're opening up Dodger Stadium to give out the vaccine. You know, it's, California is ground zero for the virus really in the world right now. L.A. County being the leader of that. So they're opening up a Dodger Stadium to try to get the vaccine out because it's the most important thing in the world. And they're closing it today because it's MLK's birthday. What? Is this the biggest what? threat to the world ever or not? We're still going to go with politically correct Closing for your birthday. That is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Cal Unicornia, where realism goes to die. It's not about facts. It's not about what works. It's about what makes you feel good to say. It's unbelievable. I gotta confirm that. I'm outraged by that. I gotta confirm that. I saw somebody retweet a CBS story, but I gotta confirm that that's true because that would be insane. Can you tr- confirm, try to confirm that, Sean, while, while Joe's doing this? I was going to do some unintentional hilarity from CNN, but uh, I've got to pay this off. Guatemalan police and soldiers launched tear gas and wielded batons and shields against a group of Honduran migrants who tried to push through the roadblocks Sunday. I heard it was about 5,000. The, the LA Times says about 2,000 migrants stopped short of the roadblock the night before, strategically just, placed, blah, blah, blah. I just saw the video. It was I, I can't tell from two to five in a crowd, but it was a lot of people. Yeah, so uh, Central America's attitude about this stuff has changed somewhat, and Guatemala doesn't want a bunch of Hondurans uh, ooching around the country, I guess. Uh, meanwhile, the Biden administration is trying to have it both ways by saying that we're going to end the anti-immigrant policies of Trump, but they also said uh, you're not going to be let in right away to the United States, so uh, don't come, which is good, a little sanity. Though Joe Biden pretended to be some sort of far-left guy, and Kamala Harris really is, but them saying, no, you're not going to get right in. So the whole migrant caravan thing is back, I guess. And they'll be applying not for you know standard immigration, but, again, refugee status, uh, which we've heard about. Parlor is back online. Return to the web. Got a, somebody to host him, I guess. Hello, world, is this thing on? Reads a message from the CEO. Um, his family has had to go into hiding due to death threats. Of course, because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. If you disagree with somebody's opinion, you have to threaten to kill them and their children. It's the way we do things now. God dang it. Oh, you know what that reminds me of? Where is that? I've got it around here somewhere. A giant salmon theft, by the way, took place. Uh, we'll talk about that in a while. Uh, and uh, one of the guys behind the loathsome Lincoln Project, the so-called Lincoln Project, and if it's, Abe was still alive, he'd whoop their ass for using his name. It's a clever way to make a lot of money. Is Literally. It is. Oh, there it is. shoot for a double leg and tie him up in a pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> Next to Andy Jackson, uh, Abe Lincoln was uh, the ass-whooping-ass president. Now, 
he might have been even more ass whoopany than Andy Jackson, but he didn't have his anger. He didn't have Jackson's anger. He's a way bigger guy than Andrew Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Now, in a fair fight, just fisticuffs and wrestling, I like Abe. He was famously, and there are accounts from the time, he's famously he's like a wrestling an octopus. You just couldn't get hold of him. He was too lanky and strong. <laughs> Frontier strong. Andy Jackson good with his fists, though. Anyway. <laughs> do they still do those, do those uh, claymation celebrity cage matches? <laughs> that do, would be... do you have some homoerotic visions of presidents <laughs> fighting regularly? What or? are you talking about, homoerotic? Are they oiled up when is, you picture Is every this? MMA fan a, a, a closeted gay man? I'm just trying to figure out what are you talking just about? trying to figure out what's driving this. <laughs> I, just, I'm picturing a Lincoln whooping the ass of the Lincoln Project. That's it. But shirted. I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Kim Strassel, by the way, in the Wall Street Journal, with a great editorial about big business's sharp left turn and how our corporate behemoths, particularly our social media, web, communications corporate behemoths, are joining, they're they're holding hands with the politicians and are going to rule the country together, arm in arm. Not a good development. We'll have some of those details for you. Um, also, the uh, the hilarity is Jake Tapper tries to claim CNN is unbiased. Wow. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we've been running not at 70%. We're running it right at 100%. Right now, we're at 98.1% as far as vaccines in people's arms or names tied to it, you know, that are going to be put into people's arms immediately. We're saving all kinds of lives. We're putting our, our kids back in school. West Virginia has been the diamond in the rough that a lot of people have missed. <laughs> Simpletons. Idiots in West Virginia. Totally ignoring historical inequities and, and racial justice and giving the vaccine out. They're actually giving it to people. We have more from this dude. You decided not to go with the federal program to use CVS and Walgreens to vaccinate in nursing homes. Why did you go that route? Because really and truly, there's so many people that depend on their local health departments, their local pharmacies, absolutely our ability to bring in the National Guard. You know, just think about it just for a second. You know, what we did is a lot of governors sat on their hands trying to, to, to come up with a system or a formula of what they were going to do. We didn't sit on our hands. I mean, we acted. We brought our local our local pharmacies in. We brought our local you know health departments mm-hmm. in. We brought our national guard in, and we started putting shots in people's arm, arms because this thing is all about age, so age, age. Would you? Tell, That's all there is to it. So, would you tell other governors to throw out the federal government's guidelines? Well, if if what we're going to do is create a bureaucracy with federal government guidelines and everything, when we know this is about age, age, and age, we've got to get shots in people's arms. And every day we put a shot in somebody's arm, we're saving a life. You know, we need to get at it. Wow. I mean, that's all there is to it. Jim Justice is the governor of West Virginia. I wish he was mine. I skipped that on Face the Nation. I should have watched it. 
How um, weird would it have been if I uh, played a thing from the West Virginia governor and he was an up talker? That'd, that'd be unexpected. <laughs> well, be quiet. Like a 30-year-old woman. And so we're giving people shots. Um, yeah, it is AJJ. Mm-hmm. If you get everybody over 65 the vaccine, you decrease hospitalizations and deaths by 85%. You, you practically wipe this thing out. Making it about... Uh, aggrieved groups historically decolonization is, is moronic and we did confirm dodger stadium which got all that attention for being a vaccination site now california is serious tired of being at the very bottom end of all states giving out the vaccine with the worst covid uh experience in the entire practically in the world right now in california coolers for all the dead bodies Dodger Stadium's closed today for Martin Luther King Jr. birthday because it would be racist if you gave out the vaccine. Is this a crisis or not? If your house catches on fire, would you put it out on MLK's birthday? No, that would be you're 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 a racist if you. How how politically correct and moronic do you want to be? Got to be the uh, public employee unions at the heart of this too. This is a day off. They don't work today. So no, Even, they're not going to uh, do how, that. How big a crisis would it have to be though before it's not true? Bigger than probably half a million Americans dying, apparently. And you're the hot spot of the world. Yeah. And you're still going to take MLK Day off for getting out the vaccines. That's insane. And how is Gavin Newsom or somebody not saying, this is crazy. This is crazy. Crazy people do this. Sane people don't do this. When it's an emergency, you do everything. All the rules go out the window. This is an emergency. Is it an emergency or not? They're not letting little kids go to school, even though they are safe for now. But they're closing down the vaccination centers because it's a holiday. You know what would be considered an emergency? If a fitness club opened. Ah, got a guy opening up up there. Got to make a big news story out of this. He's defying the rules. People are going to die. Got to follow the rules. Not going to say anything about Dodger Stadium closing down because it's a holiday. That's craziness. Yeah. Yeah. And Joe Biden's looking to California for a model of what all of America can be. Tell you what, man. It's disappointing. America is the country that's supposed to be able to do. We got an emergency. All hands on deck. Rules go out the window. 24 hours a day. We're running people in and out of that place. We'll find people to work there from wherever we got to find them. No, we're closing because it's MLK's birthday, and it's a holiday, and only a racist would work on his birthday. Yeah. How do you like that? That is just embarrassing. And deadly. And deadly. Michael, we have some new transition music we were hoping to introduce. Now might be a good time to use it. Man, that's maddening. Do you have that handy? Jack, not ready for the transition. I'm ready. Wipes the mind clean. So the point of transition music is you don't remember what we were talking about, so we can get a fresh start. All right, please make this stop before I'm fully homicidal, as I'm about nine tenths of the way there, Michael. What was that? It was a song. Yeah, I did not choose that. Anybody? That went too far. That's not a a mind race. I got my mind got reset to factory settings with that one. <laughs> it went too far. What were my contacts? Uh, yeah, exactly. Resetting. The the, uh, the purpose of transition music in the beginning was to reset the mood, to ease the transition into a different mood. I think that just makes you insane. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Michael, I'm going to play some audio here from the uh, console. Uh, the the context here is old H.R. Uh, McMaster. You remember him? Big, bald-headed former uh, colonel, was he? Um, He's a general, isn't he? General McMaster? General H.R. Yeah, it could be. You could be right. Anyway, uh, Got a interesting chest guy. like a redwood tree. 
Uh, One of several people Trump uh, worshipped as one of the greatest people on earth and turned against is kind of his style. But got a neck like a guy with a big neck. Yes, good point. (laughs) Well said. He's uh, he's talking about reuniting as Americans. If there's any way to get back to a healthy state of conversation in America, um, and and there's and I'm going to play all of it just because I think it's very good. But then there's a transition toward uh, the media. And he's talking to Jake Tapper. And Jake, who I used to think so highly of, evidently has just utterly not only swigged down the Kool-Aid, but filled his swimming pool with it. And we'll, I'll pause it before we get to that point. But here's H.R. Uh, McMaster with Jake Tapper. That ought to bolster our confidence. He might run tomorrow. again, though. He might run again. Would you support him running again? No, Jake, I don't support anybody. I mean, any individual. But of course, I think it would be terribly divisive for our country for him to for okay. him to run again. What we need to do is we need to analyze what the heck happened, right? We've been talking about the president's responsibility, but it didn't start there, right? This loss of confidence, these these large portions of our population which feel disenfranchised, that lack confidence in our common identity as Americans, who lack confidence in our democratic principles and institutions and processes. How did that happen? Jake, I write about this a lot in Battlegrounds. We need to look at education and civics education, a sense of our history and and, and who we are. We have to look at your profession, Jake. Uh-oh, uh-oh, hang on now. Surely Jake Tapper understands there's bias and, and a siloing, you our, our thought bubbles with the media. Surely the great Jake Tapper is down with that. Like the media, you know, why is it? That, that people who lean in one direction politically watch one cable news station, some who lean in another direction watch yours or, or another one. Why, why do people go to the pseudo-media and believe these kind of conspiracy theories? What is the role that social media plays in further polarizing our society and pitting, against, uh, pitting us against each other? We have a lot of work to do, Jake, and we have to yeah. do it, you know, as Ron has said, in a bipartisan, nonpartisan manner. And that's what all of us can expect of our institutions and expect of our political leadership as well. Okay, I mean, the only I don't want to get into a conversation about CNN. We have a whole show that does that called Reliable Sources, but I will say there are channels in which lies are told and there are channels in which facts are told and people who want the lies, they don't come here. They go to a different channel. Wow. Um, but, but I don't want to talk hey, about... Hey, Jake, I'm just, I'm just stating... <laughs> as I said, unintentional hilarity from CNN... You, you were neck and neck with MSNBC, pitching the Russian collusion hoax every single day, 24-7. We're having Michael Avenatti on every day. Exactly. Michael Avenatti was an honorary anchorman on your station. During the Kavanaugh months and months and months. That's right. Oh, no, no. People who want lies go to other places. If they want the truth, even-handed journalism, they come to CNN. Oh, Jake, 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 Jake. Well, you lay down with dogs, you wake up with fleas, and he's been at CNN a long time, and got to go along to get along, I guess. I, I wish we could break through to that. Look, Fox leans one way and shades things one way, and then some of their shows are way over the top one way. Mm-hmm. But so is MSNBC and CNN and NPR. Sure, obviously, but we we we're not there yet. It's still I got I keep seeing the clip um. Uh, for David Letterman's show whenever I'm on Netflix and one of their teaser clips for his show is he's interviewing Barack Obama and he says, 
Barack Obama says, yeah, you got folks who listen to NPR. Then you got people who watch Fox and they're living on a different planet. And everybody, because <laughs> if, li- if you listen to NPR, obviously you're getting the straight story. Exactly. Which facts is, and perspective. Which is laughable. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an advocacy outlet for which is, progressivism. Which is fine, but how, sure. how have we not all come to the conclusion that it's advocacy on both sides? Well, Barry's pretty clever. I mean, if I were to, I mean, if I were to spend all my time wanting to get the conservative perspective, uh, you know, adopted in America, and, and to a large extent I do, um, I would say Fox is straight down the middle. And the lefty outlets are biased. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't do that with a straight face because I'm just not made that way. But I think Barack Obama's trying to do that. He's just he's making huh. a lawyer's argument. He doesn't believe it. It's just the argument. And, and you know, in defense of Fox News, my my son, who's I was surprised how apolitical he's, he is these days. He said it's just too ugly and divisive. I'd rather think about other things. And uh, I get that. I said, good for you, boy. I get, I that, get that completely. That. But we were watching Special Report with Brett Baer. I said, this is the best, most even-handed, hard news uh, show on TV. And he said, oh, really? Interesting. And he watched it, and he said, yeah, that wow, that really is good. Um, but Brett is not Hannity, is not Laura Ingram. None of them are Bill Hemmer and the rest of it. Um, and, and so, well, I don't even know where I'm going with this. But the idea of... Well, if you don't, who does? Imputing an entire network based on a couple of opinion shows just goes to show you're not try- you're not even pretending to want to tell the truth. You're just trying to score points, which seems to be the culture these days. Although H.R. McMaster's grand point, and I agree with him 100%, is if we keep going down this road, we will be doomed. Yep. Well, that's all right. Justice Department takes back its assertion that Capitol Ryers wanted to capture and assassinate officials. We made a big deal of that last Wait, week. What? We made a big made a big deal of that last week. Lots of people made a big deal of that last week. They've taken that back. What? As always happens, you don't hear the retraction. We'll have that for you next. Armstrong and Getty. And now this disturbing new video shot by the New Yorker magazine's Luke Mogelson. The angry mobs storming the Capitol, rifling through papers in the Senate chamber, and on the hunt for officials. A lone police officer urging the crowd to clear the chamber. Jake Angeli leaving an ominous note for Vice President Pence. What does that say? Um, it's something justice is coming for you. Or... Yeah, and they were screaming, where the blank is Nancy? So I I still think that a bunch of those people, if they'd have gotten their hands on Nancy Pelosi or Mike Pence or AOC, they'd have killed them. Um, they just seem like those kind of people. But there is this. Justice Department takes back its assertion that Capitol rioters wanted to capture and assassinate officials. This is from CNN. I'm not reading from OAN or something like that. This is from CNN. Justice Department, this happened on Friday, whenever they release these kinds of stories. Justice Department prosecutors have formally walked back their assertion in a court filing that said Capitol rioters sought to capture and assassinate elected officials. A federal prosecutor in Arizona asked a magistrate judge in a hearing on Friday to strike that line 
um, about this particular dude who we were talking about on Friday who is alleged to have led some in the crowd. The entire line of prosecutors want to admit from their court filing strong evidence showing that he wanted to capture and assassinate. The stunning move comes a few hours after the acting U.S. attorney said at a press conference that there's no direct evidence of kill and capture teams at this time. So they had said that the day before. Then the next day said, no, we don't have that, and we retract. Man, that begs for an explanation, doesn't it? Explain the circumstance in which you make that claim and then retract it, what, two days later? Yeah, I think so. And on a Friday afternoon when it got buried. Wait a minute. How does that happen? I don't know. That's ugly. Well, he told me he was there to kill or capture. Then he told me he forgot he was actually there just to get selfies. He did. So I guess he was. I mean, how do you how do you explain that at all? I don't know. Unless the first person shot off their mouth, it was their opinion. There was no factual basis for it. I mean, that would explain it. Yeah, I think people were there to do that, but doesn't mean they have evidence of that. Could be, although a charging document. I mean, you can you can say a lot of stuff in a true leak to the media. God, the more videos that come out, there there is a certain number there, and I have no idea if it's 50 or 1,000, but there's a certain number of the crowd that was, whoa, they were were wound up. Yeah, they were bloodthirsty. So, Oh, we had another clip from uh, last night's 60 Minutes. It's pretty good, too, from their second story. This is the guy uh, who led the uh, Capitol Police and then resigned, and he went on 60 Minutes last night to stand up for his, his team. They came with um, body armor. They came with helmets. They came with respirators. They came with baseball bats. They came with pipes. They came with bear spray. They came with their own explosives. They came with climbing gear. They came well-prepared and coordinated. This was no less than a coordinated violent attack on the United States Capitol. He's trying to make the argument that, no, the Capitol Police did not fail. There was failure in preparation. I don't mm-hmm. know who he's putting that on the FBI. Well, he said order. he'd requested the National Guard a couple of times. Yeah, but he's saying they did not fail. They succeeded, and uh, people should be thanking them for succeeding in stopping any of these people from getting captured or killed mm-hmm. and being able to do their job later that day. It's one way to look at it. Yeah, anytime a guy is forced out that quickly and publicly, made to wear the goat's horns and kicked in the ass and sent running, Makes you wonder why Why couldn't we take a few days and kind of look at this and figure out who really ought to be wearing the goat's horns? Well, there was clearly a failure. Uh, clearly a failure. Oh, yeah. You have to be able to protect your capital from a group getting in there and doing that. Oh, yeah. But you watch those videos. Those cops were way outnumbered with people with weapons, and they stood there and fought. Mm-hmm. And they could have run. You know? Yeah. They didn't. Yeah. Well, and again, this guy's story, and who knows, he might not be telling the truth, is that he knew there was a big risk and was begging for help, but the feds didn't like the look of it, and oh yeah, he, and the mayor uh, didn't was, want the feds involved. And, that was interesting, where he said somebody at the Pentagon mentioned we're worried about the optics. Mm-hmm. The Pentagon denies that, but then another dude who was on the call said, yeah, they said they were worried about optics. Hmm. Yeah, the optics of uh, you know troops there again. Any time where there's an immediate uh, awarding of the goat's horns and everybody shouts, "It was him! It was him! It was him!" I mean, and he's on. gone, so nothing to worry about. Right? It's fixed now. Yeah, yeah. Skepticism is warranted. Uh, very quickly, back to the Kim Strassel piece in the uh, Wall Street Journal: a big business's sharp left turn. 
Uh, she makes the point that big business over the four, uh, past four years has increasingly signed up for leftist politics. Some of it was woke-washing, peddling causes or figures for brand benefit. Think Nike's Colin Kaepernick commercials or... Uh, she gives some other examples. Some of it was spinelessness caving into the liberal mob. Some was strategic Twitter and Facebook attempting to ward off regulation by ever-changing policies on misinformation. But the events of last week, the assault on the Capitol and the Democratic Senate takeover, inspired corporate America to take on a new role. Business titans are positioning themselves as arbiters of political speech and activity by withholding essential services to conservative individuals, companies, and groups. They've turned themselves into political entities, raising constitutional antitrust questions. And they talk about big tech, not only censoring the president, but also dismantling the only effective conservative alternative. And how uh, you had uh, the the usual suspects uh, booted the president off, but... Uh, Snapchat, Twitch, and YouTube also disabled Trump accounts. Campaign monitor and email service provider had suspended Trump campaign emails. Stripe, Inc. wouldn't uh, do online transactions. Shopify stores took off any Trump-related entities. In a week, the nation's C-suites disabled the president's ability to speak to the nation and communicate with donors. Now, I hear you saying, but what Trump did was egregious. Here's the problem, though. Any disagreement with these leftist groups, you're called a racist and a fascist and a bad person. And certainly opposing fascism would justify this sort of thing. Watch it. It creeps.